So episode three of Rosendagger podcast originally was supposed to be with just one tattooer whose work I truly appreciated. I got super lucky and it just so happens that someone who helped bring tattooing to the masses was doing a guest spot at his shop. I was privileged enough to speak to J.R. Tubbs, owner-operator of Lonesome Rose Tattoo Parlor in Ohio, and I was so fortunate he had Ronnie Delacqua guest spotting. Uh, Ronnie's been making tattoos that last for 48 years and still loving it. He was gracious enough to sit in when J.R. and I chatted. We talked tattoos past and present. Uh, we talked family and where tattoos are going, so hope you enjoy. Just want to thank okay. you guys, want to thank you guys for fit me in your busy schedules and know you got a lot going on so appreciate uh, any any time to chat it's uh greatly appreciated on my end so no problem thanks for thanks for asking us to do it yeah man so i'll just dive right in with this and just uh ask when and how did you the two of you as uh get start tattooing uh who do you want first me or ronnie whoever wants to <laughs> whoever wants to the dabble in it first um, well, me, I started tattooing. I didn't even want to do tattoos, honestly. I was a piercer in a shop in Menor, Ohio, and uh, it, it was just kind of right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, they had asked me, there was a shop hangout there named Jeff, and uh, he had this outline of a bat on the inside of his arm. And one night they kind of talked me into filling it in and I did and I fell in love with it and I never looked back. Oh, that's awesome, man. I've been doing it for uh, almost 15 years now. Wow, that's a good chunk of time. How about... Uh, so you how got about... Right. What do I got? Yeah. Yeah, how about... uh, I appreciate you taking time to chat with me there, Ronnie. I know you're uh, just in town for a couple days, so appreciate you. Uh... Yeah, doing a little guest spot. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So... When did, uh, yeah. when did, uh, what got you into tattooing and, uh, when did you start? Well, I started in 1972. This will be my 48th year, the 15th of this month. Wow, that's incredible. What got me interested in it was seeing it on different guys in the neighborhood where I grew up in Brooklyn and wondering, like, oh, that's permanent and this and that. And then there was a guy that was in the area that did tattoos and, uh, it was illegal at the time. New York City was closed from 61 to 97, 36 years. It was outlawed, but there was always somebody tattooing. And then uh, as I got like 13, 14, I found out how to get uh, certain people's numbers. Coney Island, Freddie was in Coney Island, but he was in Seagate, which is like a private community, so he didn't have a problem. You know, nobody was going to come in and bust him for tattooing. It was a health violation, that's all it was. And from that, then uh, I met other people and the guy from the neighborhood and started messing around, hanging out and whatnot, and then just started doing it, and I've been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. And I tattooed in all five boroughs, one, one time or the other, for different guys, and I've worked in North Carolina, uh, well, now Ohio, I can head to it, and uh, New Jersey, and a few other places too. So uh, you got started in you got started in New York, and we know that uh, tattooing was was illegal in New York till 1997. 
how how was it tattooing basically almost kind of underground like were you guys hassled by the yeah. by the police or no. once once they knew that the reason why all them guys were going to where you were working out of your house or uh, your friend's house or whatever case once they knew that you weren't selling drugs and you were doing tattoos they didn't care much about what you were doing because it didn't bother them some of the some of them would get tattooed you know wow if they, if they didn't mind it they, they didn't need that on their schedule to be another thing to burden themselves with you know what i'm saying okay very so good. they left us alone you know there was no problem with that that's awesome well i mean i honestly yeah. i didn't i didn't expect you to, to to say that to be totally honest uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ronnie's got him. Yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. That's fucking great. Uh, JR, yeah. so uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of researching into like your career when you started and all that, and I found a couple. Uh-huh. I found a couple videos that you that you did on the online there, and you kind of one quote I really like because for myself, you know, when I was a serviceman, I'd travel around the world, try to find a place to get tattooed. You'd walk in, you'd find something cool on the wall. And you get tattooed. I didn't send DMs or emails. It was just fucking go in and find a, a panther and get it tattooed. So I really like to something you said in one of your videos I found online that you, you'll always use a coil machine, always use the green soap, mm-hmm. and tattoos flash off the wall. I mean, what, yeah, are you, I, what are your thoughts on, like, modern tattooing? Like, I mean. I think, uh, oh, my God. We could go on for hours about this. <laughs> I think uh, I, for me, um, I remember the first shop I walked into. I'll, I'll go back a little bit. The first uh, tattoo I remember seeing as a kid, my Uncle Barry had a naked woman on his forearm. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Not only was it like the first tattoo that I saw, it was the first time I saw a naked woman, you know? So <laughs> being a kid like nine, ten years old, I was blown away by it. And uh, I remember sneaking into a tattoo shop when I was probably, I would say, 11, 10 years, 12 maybe. And um, I was in this tattoo shop, and the sounds and the sight and the smells, it was something I'll never forget. And uh, I think that that's something that's lacking a lot in tattooing nowadays Mm -hmm. you know there's no sound everybody wants everything to be quiet and there's no there's no magic about it anymore it seems kind of soulless for me anyway it lost its soul and uh it i remember being so scared and these guys knew i was not 18 (laughs) you know there was no way in hell they were going to tattoo me but I wanted one so bad, and uh, I saw a Mickey Mouse on the wall, and I thought that was just the coolest thing that you could walk in, and you have hundreds of designs, and you could just pick one and get it put on your arm, and that's always, I guess, uh, been stuck in my head, you know? And even when, when I started tattooing in 2005, it was like it was just becoming on TV, and people were starting to use pneumatic machines, and everybody was even drawing, uh, like, warped 
perspective, chrome pencils, and the only thing I could think about was that naked woman on my uncle's arm, you know, <laughs> and that I was just like, that's what a tattoo looks like, and uh, I just try to keep that memory alive, and hopefully I can give somebody that same experience that may come in here, like, holy shit, you can just grab something off the wall and get it done today and be done in an hour, you know, I... I I really hope to to try to keep that part of tattooing alive as long as I can. Oh, that's awesome. How about yourself, Ronnie? I mean, I just, you've been tattooing. As long as like, uh, what's that? Just for uh, for Ronnie, where he's where you've been tattooing so long, you've kind of maybe seen uh, like a shift in the way things have have uh, changed over the years. Kind of maybe the ups and downs, where especially now the last ten years, the popularity of the tattooing it's never really gone away, but now it's kind of at the forefront of everybody's getting tattooed. What are your thoughts on the way things have kind of progressed? Well, well, okay, that's true. More people are accepting it where 20 years ago they wouldn't even think of being tattooed, but it's like more uh, socially out there. The media's got it and all of that. I mean, I really liked it the way it was when it had a little bit more grit to it and a little bit like, it wasn't for everyone and and seeing all the different elements that you have to deal with now and people uh, see programs and right away they in other words you used to be in command fully and now you're kind of like you're answering their questions like they're more well read than you are so they took the joy out of, in other words, when the door opens now, you don't know what you're going to get hit with. You know, it's not like you're going to get hit with a cell phone in your face more so than them looking at the walls and saying, oh, these are tattoos. You know, and I warmly say to them, like, I go, yeah, these are the things that you're supposed to get that last and that they're made to be tattooed. You show me something on paper or on a phone that, is great on that, but when it transforms to the skin in time, it's going to be just a smudge. Mm-hmm. And some of them thank you for your honesty, but they'll walk out and they'll go to the nearest person that'll do. They want what they want right then and there. No questions asked. Don't care if you do bad or whatever. That's how I feel it's become at this stage. I mean, you do have your, your diehards that will get like I did traditional tattoos all weekend and I brought stuff that I put together that over the years from different artists from Coleman's time to, you know, present time, whatever. And that's tattooing to me. You know what I'm saying? This other stuff, I I just tell them like, no, that's not for me. Like, you know, I don't work with that fine a needle. I work with a thicker line. And, you know, if you want a tattoo, these are tattoos. And that's, what it is, you know. It's very frustrating at this point after all these years and to see all the changes it's gone through and realistic and and uh, they want, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just gotten like, it's kind of like exploded into uh, like a madness. But, I mean, you, you still got to keep, uh, I, I don't know, an outlook that maybe more people will understand that the older style does hold up longer. I mean, I have tattoos on me that are 50 years old that you could still make out what they are because they were done 
open, you know, flavor and everything, and they work, you know? Just, you know. I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, I can remember being a kid. I was I was fortunate enough to grow up the road from uh, Sailor Jerry Swallow Shop, and oh, I would, yeah, I know Jerry. Yeah. Man, I would go into Jerry's shop, and he'd be tattooing somebody, and he was smoking a cigarette, which I thought looked. I just thought it was something crazy, man, and I thought it was great, and it was kind of like. Oh, sure. It was kind of that little like scared feeling of being in there, like I shouldn't be in there. Kind of like, almost like you had to be an outlaw to have a tattoo, not, you know, not just your. Right. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Now it's just become so common, uh, you know, like uh, school teachers uh, or like cashiers in a store that they got sleeves on them, and you know, and like kids. Uh, uh, like parents taking their kids to school, they're, they're, they're all. Every, in other words, everyone's tattooed. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of takes like, the takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I had a question for you, Jr. Just because you're tattooing in uh, Ohio, and yeah. there's, and there's there's quite a bit of history there. With the you guys got the uh, Ohio Tattoo Museum there. Uh huh. Ricky's place. Yeah, I kind of seen you rocking the shirt quite a bit on uh, online there, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, have you uh, been into the into the museum, and what can you tell tell us about it? Um, I haven't been in the new museum. I was there before they moved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. His collection is top notch. He's got some great stuff down there. If you're ever in Ohio, you need to go check it out. Yeah, actually, the wife and I have, have a plan to uh, come down this year as we're stopping through to see Crooked Ken, and we're going to pop over and see yeah. see you guys. Uh, also, Rich, and, Rich and Bobby are amazing people. Yeah. They're really nice people. That's awesome. Also, they got uh, they got George Keeler with them now. He's a great guy. Wow. Um, even even the kids that you know work in uh, shipping the stuff out, they're really nice people. You you'd have a ball. Oh, that's awesome, man! I'm I'm looking forward to it. Also, you guys had uh, Ohio is really known for uh, Stony St. Clair. I mean, any yep. anybody knows Stony knows was like the like the shit. I remember watching that years ago, and I was like, man, this is the coolest fucking dude ever, man. Like, yeah. like it just I just yeah. th- people don't realize there's so much history in tattooing, and it's not it didn't just pop up like ten years ago on Instagram, and you know. This is this is tattooing. It's it's it has a, a rich history, uh, but one thing I've noticed that some of the folks I've been talking to since I've done this, I mean, I'm I just turned thirty nine, so technology's still not I'm still not so great with it. But I know things like podcasts and Instagram is the way to reach the masses to discuss it because nobody really talks to one another anymore. So I thought right. this, I thought this was a, a cool. Uh, avenue to do so so like i said before i really appreciate you uh taking the time to speak to me and and uh oh man not a problem i i'm appreciate you uh, inviting me to do it and one thing i kind of i've been noticing online here is uh and cr- correct me if i'm getting the pronunciation right but uh, uh otan like the what i was writing uh, the brotherhood built on tradition and respect the private members only organization uh, yeah that was uh that was started by myself and Crooked Ken. Okay. Um, it, 
it never had any like main purpose or goal. It was just kind of like, well, at the time, there wasn't a lot of guys doing traditional tattoos. And this wasn't that long ago. This was like 2009. I remember uh, me and Ken had went to a convention, and we were working it together, and we both brought Flash. And nobody there was even really doing that. There wasn't many guys there at all that even had Flash. And uh, it was almost like the one year people were kind of like, what the fuck? These guys brought Flash. And then it was like the next year, everybody had Flash, you know? So it was just kind of like nice to find a group of guys who have kind of the same thought process as you do about tattooing, you know? And that's the basics of it to me. I've made, uh, I've made some of the best friends in the world through tattooing, you know, but, uh, yeah. So with That's you, about it. <laughs> so, so with you saying that, which I found is really cool, all the different, uh, a lot of the guys I I spoke to or been tattooed by over the world, throughout the world, or it's it's uh, it's really cool. It doesn't seem like there's like competition. Like, like I have buddies saying, "Hey, go see this guy or go see that guy. They're really cool. Go when you're going up up here, go see them." It's not, "Hey, just get tattooed by me. Go see my buddy and get get a good tattoo." Like. I find there's yeah like competition doesn't really seem like it's, I mean at least for a lot of the folks I've talked to, especially guys like yourself who are doing it right and like doing it kind of like like the old school way, like really. If you want to come get tattooed by me, come get tattooed by me. If you like what I do, yeah, I don't. The the my biggest competition is myself. You know, I don't. I try really hard to not pay attention to what other tattooers are doing. Um, good or bad. Instagram, uh, I was a, I was pretty much addicted to Instagram for a while. I would scroll through, I would see a hundred different tattoos a day, and I'd be like, oh, I love that shading, or oh, I love that style of red, or, you know, and then I would catch myself by the end of it. I'm trying to cram all this stuff that I'm seeing into a tattoo, and it winds up not looking as nice as I thought it would, you know? Mm-hmm. So I try really hard to just keep my nose in my blood in the blood and worry about what I'm doing and not so much what the other guys are doing. But I do have buddies, you know, that tattoo all over the place. So anytime I got a friend going somewhere, I'm like, oh, you know, if you want tattoo, check out this guy. Or you know, I've heard nice things about this guy. But that's also backfired on me. You know, I've sent people to I won't mention any names, but I've sent them to shops before, and they kind of mm-hmm. get treated like shit you know yeah. so it i i really don't even know you know i got my close friends and that those are pretty much the ones that i recommend you know like oh if you're gonna be in this town check out this guy i hate to send somebody somewhere and they get kind of the cold shoulder or whatever you know i don't i don't want that to reflect on me so i try to just keep my nose in my business for sure man uh, Ronnie, I know for yourself, like tattooing in uh, New York in the '70s, you had guys like, you know, Rich Montgomery, Pete Giaquinto, Tony Polito, Mike Perfetto. Like, did you feel any competition, or did you guys like all know each other? Like, how, how no, did that? We're all, we're, we're all like uh, if we were related. Oh wow! Really? In other words, Pete was in Queens, 
I worked with him out of his place so many days a week. Uh, Tony, we go see to visit, you know, and uh, yeah, there was no animosity or like uh, he did what he did and he did what he did over there, and we all got along. There was, you know, there was nothing to worry about. We were all friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't care. I mean, you know, Mikey, Mikey's like one of those. I mean, I'm really the last of the the, the Brooklyn. The oldest tattooers after Tony passed away. Yeah. But Mikey is the oldest tattooer that's really still tattooing in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he's uh, he's a world winner himself. I mean, he's a magician. I mean, he runs the whole thing himself. And the guy can do portraits. He can put a dragon from the people's le- uh, bottom of their ankles to the top of their belly. And you know, I mean. There's nothing that he can't do with a with, with a crowd of crazies around them and and handle the whole situation and still be sane, you know, to a degree, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he, I mean, if anybody should get like the award of awards, it should be him in this day and age. I agree that he went through the. I mean, he's been in it since '76. As a kid, at 16, he started tattooing, you know. So and. Uh, He's at it, you know, full stream, and, like, everything now that he does, I mean, he's got more designs than anything, but everybody wants something drawn, and he sits there and, and, and draws it and then makes a stencil of it or whatever, or, or maybe just pen it on him or, and then freehand it on him. I mean, he's a hell of an artist, you know. He really gives you more than, you know, your money's worth, and... Treat you right, you know. That's that's awesome, man. I I know you've yeah. got quite the uh, the extended collection yourself. I know you've been tattooed by some of the best of the best. Uh, who were some of the guys that you got tattooed by that you're uh, like really excited to get tattooed? You kind of went out of your way to get tattoo tattooed by like certain people. I know, I know you've been tattooed by yeah. uh, by uh, Tom Devita. Yeah, I was tattooed by Tom DeVita in 75. I was tattooed by Tony Polito in 73. In 65, I was tattooed by Coney Allen Freddie. I was tattooed by Michael Fatto. Uh, Peachy Aquinto did tattoos on me. I was very, uh, not picky, but I knew who I wanted to put <laughs> ink on me and what I wanted to wear. I didn't just get tattooed I kind of like laid out my stuff the way I wanted to do it have it done I mean Tony did most of my arms arm stuff and Tom DeVita did a couple too and but all of the above like even Tom me and Pete on a Monday if we, if we didn't work we'd be a day off we'd go and visit other tattoo guys and just talk you know Go out and see Stanley and Walter. They were still around at the time and listened to their war stories about the Bowery and whatnot. And they accepted wow. us. And they they liked they liked us that we were gentlemen and we weren't, you know, we, we didn't make an ass of ourselves or be pushy, you know. There was a lot of guys back then that like broke into it and, and they like try to like muscle their not muscle, but they they didn't show the right respect to 
who they were talking to, and we were more gentlemanlike, so they accepted us on that level, and like they say to us, you guys should have been around in the 50s, you would have fit in perfect the way you tattoo, and, and you still, you know, have that, the work is good, and the style, you know it, and stuff like that, so it was a real good experience to, to have and, and meet them, and then I, I happened to, I met Paul Rogers, and I, I wound up going down to Jacksonville with a friend of mine from uh, Queens, John, and we stayed over and uh, slept in his house, and he brought out a bunch of machines and pictures, and that was a real, he was a gentleman of gentlemen. He was like, you know, the grandfather of, of you know, modern, traditional tattooing, yeah. you know? That was actually what I was going to ask you. Like when you said you'd go to the guys' shops on your days off, like I was going to ask you, was were guys like a little shady at, when it comes to like keeping secrets, not letting other guys know how things are done? You kind of did any the guys help not, each other not, out? Not, not amongst who we dealt with. There was other shitheads that we knew of, but we didn't socialize with them and. You know, if they try to, like, crack on us about something, we're just, like, wouldn't draw them a curve, but, like, maybe we wouldn't answer or we'd say, like, well, why don't you go ask somebody else? Like, you know, he, he kept it kind of tight-knit, you know, amongst, like, five, six, eight of us, whatever it was. Not not that there was any kind of, like, uh, organization that that's why we did it. We just did it out of, through a friendship with one another. We, we'd help one another more so than against one another that was it you know and uh, other outsides that we'd hear you know we go oh that guy's all right but he's a jerk you know when it comes to you know the, the way he treats people he's, he's rude he's nasty something like that but we, we never really like said like don't go there you know like you know if somebody said I'm, I'm looking to go to da, 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 and like if we didn't know him like as a you know a customer or, or a friendship you know we just said, well, you know, we, we wouldn't say anything if we didn't know who it was. And if we did know it, we'd just say, like, well, it depends what mood you catch the guy in or how busy he is at the time. He could be a little rude, you know, but then again, you know, it's, it all depends on the crowd. To tattoo in New York City, which I did, you could tattoo anywhere in the world because there's no breed of people like there is there and what you have to deal with. <laughs> so that like laid foundation for me going anywhere in the country. I mean, I tattooed in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I tattooed Marines on and off from 80 to 83. I tattooed in Fayetteville uh, going back like maybe for Bill Clayton who has uh, – Clayton's Tattoo World, which is a big shop down there. He's been down there about 25 years or more. And because a friend of mine, Tony Lucas, another guy from Brooklyn that was a tattooer from Master Queen, I mean, uh, he worked for Bill for like eight years and stuff. So my, my daughter had been married to a guy that was a paratrooper, and I'd go down and visit him with my wife. And he offered me to sit in any time I want, and he gave me his booth to tattoo out of because he wasn't really tattooing that study at the time. And I'd sit in, make a few bucks, you know, just the traditional that walked in. He had 13 artists in the place at the time that 
to do anything that anybody wanted that walked in, and I just did what I felt they picked on the wall that I could do. It was something that, you know, they wanted small, tiny writing or something. There was a guy there that could do tiny, small writing. I thought, it ain't me, it's him. And, you know, that's it. That's the way you do it. How about, uh, like, the way you guys tattoo now? Like, I know for for Jer, you've been tattooing since 2005. Do you, do you find yourself more gravitating just to the traditional, or do you do, you do custom, or just, like, how do, you, um, how do you how do you two approach tattooing now? Like just, I do. Uh, I'm a the head of uh, household and a family of six. Me and my wife, we have four daughters. Um, I do whatever comes through this door. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it, I mean, within reason. The only tattoos I don't like to do are ones that make it look like I don't know how to tattoo. You know, yeah. I don't do. Uh, watercolor tattoos. I, I don't think a tattoo should have a shelf life. I think it should be, uh, you know, forever. It, it, it's a luxury, and they're expensive, and it should hold up and stand the test of time. I, uh, I'm very, very fortunate, though. We have some of the best customers I've ever seen. They'll just come in and most of the time, you pick the tattoo. You know, they don't even they don't even want to look around. They're just like, ah, pick something. I got this spot. You know, we're very very lucky to have something like that. So, yeah, but for the most part, we just do whatever comes through the door. You know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like like a real like real tattoo shop where if it comes through the door, you yeah, this do is it. this is how I feed my family. You know, we got a daughter. Uh, her name's Charlie. She's had quite a bit of medical issues and you know that shit ain't cheap at all yeah so you know i would just take care of my family awesome that's my main goal yeah no that's awesome man very commend commendable too just putting food on the table right mm -hmm. uh, how about yourself ronnie like for for tattooing i know you're in uh you're in uh stroudsburg is that what's called pennsylvania yeah right how do you approach tattooing now? Are you just, if it comes in the door, you kind of do it yourself? Like, or is it just? If, if, if it's something that I think I can do and get it off where it doesn't look like I just started last week, I do the tattoo. Otherwise, I just tell them, like, that I don't work with that final line, and I show them on my arm stuff that was done you know, that ran together, and I said, you know, skin has electricity to it, and blah, 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 and some of them say, oh, you're, you're being very honest, and they walk out the door, and they'll go down to someone else that will do what shouldn't really be done on the skin. On paper, you know, is one thing on the skin, it, the, the, it, it's going to blur out in like, you know, a year to five, it depends on how much sun you take, and how much skin stretches or whatever, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I try and do what I what I can do to the best that I can do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to just chase the dollar, especially at this point. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Plus, I've had the, the great fortune of, like, in, in an area where there's not really much happening. Like, in a 20-mile radius, I must have 20 shops, which I was the first one 
in 77 to even come to that area when there was no shops. Mm-hmm. And that lasted about 13 years, and there was no money also. I had to work in Pete's shop in Queens to supplement my income because I had a wife and two kids at the time and then a girl later on. And, you know, so I, I, I bounce around. I'd go to Jacksonville and work a week or two there on a payday. And I always had my, my door. I always liked working not my shop six days a week or seven. I always wanted to taste another guy's place. And I, I worked in Jersey in a flea market on a Sunday, which should have been my day off, but it was another place that was different than what I was used to. So I like working in different places, you know, seeing different guys and stuff. Oh, that's, you know, I mean, I'm I sure mean, I've been in the same, I've been in the same storefront for 34 years. Jeez. And still, there's people that don't know that I'm there. Like, you know, they go, "When did this happen?" I went 34 years ago. You know? <laughs> but they don't. That you know, you, you still have those that that don't care. You know, being I'm older, they want to relate to the young. Want to be with the young. In other words, you know, like I'm an older guy, so I, you know. It's it, it, it's it's few and far between at this stage of the game where you know I don't have to make a run here or there to to try and you know supplement the situation yeah. because so many of them opened and do anything and that you shouldn't do and could do and don't want to do you know it's it's stupid but it's what it turned into but I still go in you know so many days a week and I have somebody else that works a Wednesday for me to kind of break it up. And if he wants to play and draw and do what he wants to do, then that's cool, you know. Well, well that's it. Well, from my perspective, for somebody who likes to travel to get tattooed and anybody who actually listens to this podcast, they need to know that they need to come and get a tattoo from you because I've been admiring your work for a long time. And when, when Jared told me that you were there, I didn't know who he was talking about at first until he told me your last name and, I was really excited to uh, have the opportunity to, to speak to the both of you. Oh, so. thank you. Um, very and, kind of you to say that. Uh, I'm a big, I love history in any way, shape, or form, but I'm a very, I, I really love the the tattoo world since I was a kid. My dad had all the, the Navy tattoos and stuff, that, and I just, I always admired it. So when I, I've seen your name over the years, yeah. you and Rich and, and, Tom and all, all those guys that kind of came before. And I love that some of my friends who've been tattooing, you know, 10 to, you know, 15 years have kind of like gravitated to the, to your ways of like kind of carrying the torch. Like uh, my, my, my good buddy, oh, yeah. I got a good friend of mine who uh, is Jerry Swallow's last apprentice. And he's, he's kind of sticking to that, that mentality as well. And, and guys like JR just, Kind of carrying the torch and doing it, doing it right, and making tattoo exciting, not you know just your generic bullshit that you just pull off Pinterest and, yeah. and every shithead has yeah. it, but not. Yeah. It's not an interesting. I think. Visit. I think getting a tattoo should be fun, you know, and mm-hmm. the best way to have fun is not reinventing the wheel but pushing it along, mm-hmm. you know. I I totally agree. Like. Those, those designs that were on those sailors from 
back in the day that still look good on a, an older gentleman, like they're good because they were done right the first time. And if you do them, yeah. and if you're doing them now, they're just—it's the same thing. They're gonna look good in fifty years from now. But it, I, well, it was uh, wasn't it Da Vinci or something said there's three classes of people: those who see, those who see what they're shown, and those who don't see. You know, I, I try to uh, to keep the first two classes of people around my shop. That's, that's <laughs> fucking awesome, eh? And just because you mentioned you're a family guy, I noticed that you have your daughter tearing your station down and setting you up. And you mentioned yeah. when we were corresponding at an earlier date, you were talking about uh, her possibly tattooing or she's going to be tattooing. So how'd that come about? Yeah, she, uh, I think that's great. I, I would say by the end of this month, she'll be tattooing for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I've seen some of her, her drawings and her art there, and it's it's really cool that's like – She's going to kind of fall in your footsteps. Yeah, she's, and uh, She's great. I, she's going to uh, – she's going to be really good really fast. And uh, it, I'm happy that she gets to, to meet people like Ronnie here. And, you know, she might be one of the only ones in her generation that has been able to, to experience a life like this, you know? It's anybody else. Their their shops might be a little more watered down, and at least she gets to uh, experience some real deal tattooing. You know, yeah. and she gets to meet guys like Crooked Ken, and you know, she's hung around Crooked Ken, Lowercase J, Timmy Tats, Josh Fallon. You know, some of the hardest hitters in tattooing right now. She calls them guys uncle. You know, Fuck, that's... so she's gonna she's gonna come out swinging. Yeah, that's... she's got a lot of people that have her back. That is so great. It was like uh, when I was down at Brian's shop there, Brian McKenzie's shop, a couple weeks ago, and we was talking about yeah. when, when he apprenticed under Jerry. That I mean, he learned just as much from the guys that were coming in and out of the shop because Ken and I were talking about it the other day about when he came up to Nova Scotia and, and took over Jerry's shop when Jerry was in the Philippines. And he said, Brian's mm-hmm. like, I learned so much from, from Crooked Ken and Mike V and, like, all these guys that would come through Jerry's shop in this little town in Nova Scotia, yeah. Canada. And most people don't know where yeah, the fuck it is. A, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing, you know, to have – for me to have met that, uh, that class of people that I love, like brothers, you know, and – for her to to be able to experience that it's it's a blessing you know for sure that's great well I'm not... she she learns all kinds of tricks oh, i could imagine <laughs> she's gonna be don't ever play dice with my daughter she'll take all your money <laughs> that's awesome she'll, <laughs> she'll be a heavy hitter here soon enough and uh oh yeah and, and i'll be i'll be asking her to speak to me because she'll be one of the the big tattooers out there one of the ladies fucking tearing it up so that's so cool man (laughs) yeah yeah she's gonna be kicking ass yeah that is so cool she's already got cooler tattoos on her arms than i have for sure yeah i I saw some of the the work that that's been done there it's it's really cool my my 12 year old she wants to be a tattooer so i said i'll that's amazing i said i'll i'll talk to i'll talk to some people i know and well, I'll get your foot in the door, but uh, 
you have a, a son or daughter? I have a 13-year-old daughter, 12-year-old daughter, and a 10-year-old son. So, and then two. That's ste- amazing. I got two stepgirls, and none of them were into tattoos. And then uh, my wife and I started traveling the world, and they started seeing our collection. Well, more of my wife. I had I was pretty tattooed when we met a couple years ago, and she's been getting tattooed anywhere we go, and and uh, we've tra- traveled to Tokyo to see Horiyoshi and. And, oh my god and uh we've been to holy glory it's another nice shop there in tokyo uh trophy tattoo in hamilton ontario canada and, and that's some, awesome and some great i want to i want to get up there and meet those guys uh, so brian and they're, Jer- they're, they do some killer stuff yeah brian and jerry turned me on to these fellas and uh I, I drove 14 hours one way to get tattooed by them and it was an experience so i'm we already yeah, have plans. I, bet, I bet it was worth every mile. Yeah, we have plans to, to come down your way too and uh, have you bless us with uh, one of your fine tattoos because I, what oh, you're yeah. doing, man, is just the coffee pot's always on. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to keep you guys because uh, I know you're probably bagged from a hard day's work. So I just want to thank you for for chatting with me and uh, I really just the little bit of. Uh, knowledge and uh, stories i've heard from you guys is just fucking awesome and i really appreciate it and and ronnie it, my friend i've like i said i've been following your career for a very long time and and it, it was an honor to talk to you well thank you and uh, yeah thank you so much thank you and, and jerry i really appreciate it buddy of speaking with you corresponding hey, no with problem you. at all it's uh it's been wonderful and if there's if there were more guys like uh, you gentlemen in in the trade uh I think everybody would have a tattoo, honestly. <laughs> so. or, or one that they regret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't don't we all have some of those? Like, I mean, I got a few. Oh, yeah. So I'll let you gents go, and uh, it was really a pleasure. And, uh, maybe awesome, we'll, man. Maybe we'll Thank see. you. Thank you. And I'm going to come and Thank visit. Thank you so much. I'm going to come and visit both of you at, uh, at your shops. So keep yeah, prepared. hell yeah. You got my number now. Keep in touch. Awesome, brother. Well, you two have a good evening, and uh, God bless. You too. Hey, thank you. Take care. Cheers, boys. Thank Bye. You. Bye. So I hope everybody enjoyed episode three. That was a real pleasure for myself to speak to these gentlemen. Uh, JR is a family man like myself, and I now consider him a friend. What can I say about Ronnie Delacqua? It's fucking Ronnie Delacqua. I don't need to say anything. If it wasn't for guys like him... We might not be getting the quality tattoos we get. So keep a lookout for episode four and cheers, everyone.